Welcome to the Canine PT Academy Podcast. Business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapists. Introducing your host, Dr. Francisco Maya. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is where you're at right now. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Canine PT Academy podcast, Business Lessons for Canine Rehabilitation Therapist. So <clears throat> the last couple of weeks already, I have been sharing with you guys a couple of interviews from uh, other canine rehab therapists who have faced their share of adversities and have made it work and have found uh, uh, a business model that works for them and I'm hoping this has been helpful for you all to see what's possible and today we're going to talk about someone else we're going to talk about Dr. Adriana Fermin in uh, in the Orlando area in Florida but before we do so just a quickly reminder that I am collecting uh, questions okay so I'm collecting questions because once we're done with the series of interviews, I do want to do a Q&A podcast episode. But of course, for me to do that episode, I need questions from you all. So we're going to post in the link, uh, a, li uh, uh, a link, I'm sorry, we're going to post in the show notes, a link for a Google form for you to just submit your questions. You can write your name in there if you want to, or you can just submit completely anonymously. Okay, and that's totally fine as well. And even if you put your name, I'm not going to read your name on the podcast. It's just so I can follow up with you afterwards to make sure I have answered your question. But I ask that you please submit your questions by the end of this month, by the end of February. So that way I can record that in the first week of March. Okay. So today we're going to talk about Idrina Fermin with uh, Unleashed Canine Rehab in the Orlando area. And there is a reason why I titled this episode going all in as a canine rehab therapist, okay? And and that's part of one of the takeaways I want to take with you. And Adriana and I have known each other the longest between all of the people I have mentored and coached. And um, I believe we talked a little bit about this on the podcast, but what happened was back in 2016, April of 2016, I decided to write a blog post, a blog post target towards physical therapists, just uh, uh, explaining how the transition from humans to canines work. And that blog post got shared on social media tons of times. It got very good traction. And that's how Adriana found out about it. And then once she found out about it, she reached out and we, we, we started just talking. I got on a phone call with her and we just kind of like started talking about the career as a canine physical therapist. And eventually she decided to to figure to go all in and become a canine physical therapist so you know she has been a, a dear friend and a mentee now for uh going into seven years almost now it's going to be almost seven years time flies bad flies uh past but i remember then sitting with her in november of 2019 when she told me that she was going to put her notice, she was going to put her notice uh, uh, to end in February. So there was a little bit of a legway over there uh, at the hospital system where she was working. And she was just going to go on in as a physical therapist. And we talked about that during the podcast episode. And there was some great takeaways that I want sh uh, you to listen and, 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 and take away from that. But uh, um, the one thing that, of course, it should stood out. And, of course, it's not an experience that... It's not uh, unusual for a lot of us is how terrifying that can be, right? To just decide to go all in 
and make this figure it out. So we talked about that, and that's a big takeaway that I want you guys to listen to. The second one was the challenge of educating the pet and veterinary community as to what canine rehabilitation really entails, and that canine rehab is an option for a lot of conditions, right? I think this is something that no matter if you are a physical therapist, a veterinarian, chiropractor, a massage therapist, whoever it is working in this field, that I'm sure you you understand that. I'm sure you have gone through that in trying to educate on what is that we do and that it is an option. So we talked about that. And then another huge takeaway that I want you to listen to is the fact that we are all running our own race and how uh, Adriana's personal challenges have led her into a lot of growth during this journey, not growth as a business owner, but you know, in addition to growth as a business owner, but just growth as an individual, as a person. And of course, that's by far the most important thing right so i hope you guys found this interview as helpful as i have found i hope it gives you guys uh uh some uh uh inspiration you know on what can be accomplished and once again if you have any specific questions please follow the link on the show notes submit your question and then i'll answer in a podcast episode okay now let's go to the interview thank you all right, today I got with me Dr. Adriana Fermin, DPT CCRT from Unleashed Rehab, a canine, a mobile canine rehabilitation business in the Orlando Kissimmee area. So, Adriana, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. All right. So, first thing I'd like to get started with the listeners is tell us, us a little bit more about your journey into canine rehab and how did it come to be? Well, I've been a doctor of physical therapy for, gosh, this will be 11 years this year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it seems like it was just yesterday. Um, and I practiced human care a total of like eight years approximately with some overlap with the canine rehab. Uh, about six years into my career, I started to notice the burnout and the change in the environment with human care, how everything was turning more into you know, see more and more and more and more people and less focus on the quality of care or even, you know, sometimes the safety of um, of the human patients, you know. So it was mostly about numbers and less about them and even, you know, no consideration in regards to me, even like times when mm -hmm. I was sick or anything like that. So I was like, well, what, what would I be doing if it wasn't this? You know, if I wasn't doing physical therapy, what would I be doing? And uh, I was sitting at home, bored, looking at Facebook, and um, your um, blog popped up mm -hmm. as, you know, something that might interest you. And it was like the canine PT. And I was like, wait, what? Like physical therapy for dogs? That would be amazing. So I clicked on it. And um, the entry for that day that you made was the how to transition from human PT to canine PT. And literally my mind was blown from there. I was like, wait a minute, this means that I can combine my two passions, like animals and what I already do. Like, I don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know, mm -hmm. like I don't have to go back to school like I did, but not for a whole new career. And you and I connected way back when um, you were still at the other practice and we chatted a little bit and I was... I was a little turned off at first because of how 
you know, the challenges that I was foreseeing ahead in terms mm-hmm. of taking the time off to um, go to the certification classes and things like that. But ultimately, I think it was probably about a year and a half, two years later, I think, um, I went to CRI and I did my certification and in officially at the end of 2018, I started seeing my first patient that was not like family and friends, dogs that I was trying to practice with. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still doing human care, but slowly adding a, you know, a few dogs here and there. And then in 2020, a month shy of um, COVID lockdown, little did I know the world was going to stop. I quit the human um, clinic that I was working at and I went full-time into canine rehab. But honestly, for as, as terrifying as that was, not only leaving my job, my secure job, but also the fact that, you know, everyone's lives just got turned upside down in a matter of days. Um, it was the best thing I could have ever done because mm-hmm. it just, my whole rehab practice pretty much started gradually growing from there with the dogs. And now I, I can't see myself doing anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So thanks so much for sharing. So definitely a lot for us to break it down and kind of like dive deeper a little bit into it. But but you're right. For most listeners, uh, uh, I think most people don't even know that the Canine PT started as a blog back in, it was spring of 2018. So I was still, you know, I had been, uh, uh, I started working the field of Canine PT back in the summer of 2015. So I was about eight, nine months into it or so. And then, you know, I, I would just see all these people, all these PTs wanting to know more information about it. I wanted to know more information about it when I was um, looking for it and I couldn't find it. So I just decided like with no end goal in mind at all, just start a blog just to educate PTs, PT students and stuff about animal rehab. And 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 that post that you mentioned, the how to make the transition, it was the, the very first post that I published. And I remember you know, you you reaching out. I remember that post getting tons of engagement online and stuff. Of course, it got shared tons of times um, through the years. Even you get shared tons of times. Um, but then I remember, yeah, talking talking with you, and then just kind of like we always stayed yeah. in touch from that point on, right? And then and then over time, you you went through that transition, and now here you are, you know, with your own business, and and you know that has allowed you to to accomplish, you know, a lot of things in life that that you wanted it. So it's just really cool to, to see that happening, but let's go back a little bit on, you know, you said a, a, a little bit of the challenges and the hesitation that you had into making that uh, first transition into not, not even the business component in terms of opening your own business, but in terms of just getting certified as a canine rehabilitation therapist, tell us more about those challenges and, and, and how did you face them? Well, the first thing was the cost, right? So this is something that I knew my clinic wasn't going to pay as a CEU because mm-hmm. we don't get CEUs and it brings absolutely nothing to the clinic. So I was like, okay, where am I going to get, you know, average of like 10 grand to get certified, right? To do this. Um, so the financial aspect of things was the first thing was where am I going to get this money from? Um, then that, that came that was not necessarily easily, you know, solved. It was just like, okay, well, am I willing to put it on credit? Being that I was, I was dealing with like student loans and things fairly okay. Mm-hmm. I was still single. I didn't have, 
you know, at, at the time I was not married, no kids, no nothing. So I was like, well, you know, better to invest in myself than, than mm-hmm. anything. So made some changes, you know, on some expenses that I was already having and things like that. And then applied it all towards the, towards the certification. And I split it in a way that I was able to, to manage that, that financial hit there with the assistant. My mom helped me a lot too. You know, she was very supportive. She, at one point she was here while I was getting certified. So she helped me like taking care of the dogs or things like that. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have to spend extra money on people taking care of my animals so that I could get certified. Um, the other thing was time, you know, it's, it's, um, back when, I don't know what the program looks like now, but back when I did it, there were at least two courses that were like five days. Um, Mm -hmm. so I was going to have to take all that time off of work. And there was a third course that I didn't remember exactly if it fell on a weekend or something, but I think it was a little, a little shorter, but Mm -hmm. in any case, it's, it was way more than what I would normally get in a year for pay, for paid time off. Right. So I was like, well, how am I going to get this away from the clinic? One, without telling them, because I knew my boss at the time wasn't going to be supportive of my endeavors. And two, well, I would like actually had the time off. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I don't know how, how it worked out, but it worked out in the end. <laughs> but it worked out, and yeah. I think I picked dates for the courses where some of the days fell on a weekend. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as many days off as I had initially anticipated. So that worked out in that regard. Um, and I mean, just to get certified, I think those were the two biggest struggles, like time and money. Yeah. You know? And those are, I mean, I think for for everyone basically going through any of the certification programs, those are definitely the the hard things. I feel especially for the financial one, I feel more so for physical therapists, rather you know, compared to veterinarians, because at least I've met not all, but sometimes uh, some veterinarians can get the cost of those certifications covered by their employer because they're planning on adding that mm-hmm. service to their current clinic or something like that. But with with physical therapists, it, it's definitely you know very very different of course now there are more physical therapists out there like ourselves you know hiring and sometimes i know some of us make part of some sort of like uh, uh employment agreement that we can kind of like help offset some of that cost but definitely you yeah. know when you went through that program five years ago and i went through the program eight years ago that definitely you know wasn't um the case and it has exactly. changed a little bit yeah the time away from it uh uh um you know the days usually they they do overlap sometimes in terms of being on the weekends. Um, at least one one of the very positive things that came from COVID was that uh, a lot of the material got shifted to be online still with some oh, okay. in person components. So yeah, I remember when 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 you when when you went through, which was the same format as I went through. I think it was a total of thirteen days. I think of like in person. It was something like that in person. Yeah. yeah. I think I think now in person stuff between all three modules, it, it, it might be like eight or nine days because oh, there's okay. more, yeah, because there's more online stuff. And this is through the Canary Rehab Institute. I don't know how it is through you know, some of the other places, but, but definitely that was definitely one of the benefits that came from COVID is it became more of a hybrid, but still, you know, which as we know, very important still with that hands-on component that that's yeah, how that know, was very helpful to learn have, a lot. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. So then let's, you know, fast forward from that point on a little bit to you finished your uh, CCRT in, in um, um, 2018 into 2019, started kind of like, you know, your, your, your own thing on the side, seeing some patients here, there. And then I remember uh, uh, having lunch with you one day because I was down in the Orlando area in late 2019. So this was, I believe, in November, maybe December of 2019. Yeah. And then you told me that you were putting your notice, you know, at your at your at your job, um, yeah. in in the human PT world job. So so let's talk about that because a lot of times, a lot of listeners uh, have either are finding themselves in this conundrum right now or they certainly will where you start growing this thing on the side and it gets to the point where you have to basically make a decision on kind of like which mm -hmm. way you're going to go with it are you going to make this your thing or are you going to just keep doing this on the side so so walk us through a little bit more of your thought process at that point in time and, and the challenges that you had to face through it well that was definitely my case i started seeing um some patients on the side and working mostly weekends and nights besides my regular job. But it got to a point where I was having to say no a lot to canine clients, you know, like, mm -hmm. can you come on Tuesday at 10? Well, no, because I have to be at work. Can mm -hmm. you come at Wednesday at three? No, I can't because I have to be at work. So I started to notice that I had to say no quite a bit. And I thought, well, if I need to grow the, the canine business like if this is really what i want to do and i have to give myself the room to do so like it, it was very hard to make that decision because i while i was busy i didn't have the caseload to support me full-time mm -hmm. right i just because my full-time was occupied by my real full-time job right so i was like well you know what's the worst i think <clears throat> i don't remember where where i heard this but I'm pretty sure you've heard it too because we've, we've done a lot of the same classes. But there was something that we heard that was like, when you're going to make a decision, um, think about the best case scenario, the worst case scenario, and if you're okay with the worst case scenario, you know, and then you make the decision. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, would I be okay with worst case scenario being that I need to find myself at least, uh, you know, PRN PT job while I grow the canine side of things you know mm -hmm. and i thought well yeah i would absolutely be okay with that so finally i i made the jump and i i did it i did it cautiously anyway because uh, i pretty much figured out that it was going to be hard for my employer to find a replacement for me or for my position not for me but like for my position mm -hmm. so i negotiated with them i said listen i, I you know i want to quit but just like it would be, you know, hard for me to quit, like, now, you know, just be done. I know it'd be difficult for you to lose your only full-time therapist, because I was the only full-time therapist there. Every, all the other therapists were part-time. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't believe anybody was willing to go to full-time. So I thought, well, how about I go part-time until you find somebody that will do, you know, that, that will take my position. And that would give me a buffer, you know, like I could continue to grow a little bit of the canine rehab side to essentially flip the flip the tables, like do, yeah. you know, maybe 20 hours of the clinic work and then the rest of the time, the canine work. And it worked out perfectly. 
Yeah. So by the time February rolled around, uh, February twelfth was my was my last my last day at the at the hospital, and it was at that point it was like okay I can I can make do with the little bit of caseload that I have now until I continue to grow, and yeah. it, it it was like that, and then you know a month later COVID hit and I COVID. went down to like two patients. Yeah. So I had to live off of my savings, but it was still okay. Mm-hmm. It was still okay because at that point, um, gradually people started to, you know, okay, my dog needs this, but I don't mm-hmm. want to go anywhere because of COVID. So it was mm-hmm. perfect that I was coming to them because even though they were exposed to me, they weren't exposed to the world. You yeah. know, they were still at home. So we still kept the distance. We still wore masks. We still, you know, and the dogs got what they needed. And it, it was just, you know, it was, it was perfect. They worked out in the end. It, there were times when it was hard, you know, but right. it was, it was still doable. Right. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Cause, cause yeah, it's, it's, you know, that's kind of like, yeah, the, the, you know, what's the worst case scenario and are you, are you okay with that? You know, that's kind of like the decision matrix and, and, you know, for PTs, it can be having that PRN job for me, it was working home health for a home health agency as a contractor and seeing patients while I built it up for uh, different veterinarians. I know most veterinary clinics are uh, really struggling to find relief veterinarians that can go mm-hmm. a couple times a month or whatever it may be. So it's a matter of finding relief work that you can make money to pay the bills while you kind of like build it out, right? Your own your own stuff. Yeah. And I know, you know, yeah, COVID through like a, a a pretty significant curveball, you know, into your into your planes and stuff at that point in time, but you know, it definitely sounded like uh, uh, you know, even with those added challenges, that it was worth it. Do you remember by any chance, roughly, how long it took you, even despite those challenges with COVID, to basically get to the point where you had matched how much you were earning? in your business as a canine rehab therapist compared to how much you were earning with your previous, you know, regular safe kind of like job? Um, I don't, I don't remember exactly when it broke, like when it was even, but I remember the first time I paid myself, like my entire set, like what I would have made mm-hmm. from the business entirely was August of 2020. Yeah, which like, so about so February, six months later. Yeah, six yeah. months later. So that was the, the first amount, time that I that, that I didn't like, have uh, to use my savings at yeah. all, and I paid myself entirely from the business. Nice. And keeping in mind that, like, yeah, that was like <clears throat> in the height of COVID, right, where we didn't know anything that was going oh, yeah. on. People, you know, you were, you know, mobile therapist. So some people, of course, wouldn't want someone coming into their homes. Um, you know, and 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 definitely, you know, even through all that challenge, just in that short time, short amount of time, make it work. It's definitely, um, you know, something to not not forget about it. Um, and 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 then let's talk about your decision of opening your own business. Was that was that something you always thought you were going to do? You always envisioned? How how did that yeah. come to be? No, no. In fact. I remember many times my family would be like, why don't you open your own PT clinic before the whole canine thing, you know? And I was like, oh, no, no, I don't, I don't ever want to own my own business, right. you know? Um, for one, I'm sorry if I keep clearing my throat. I, I'm kind of sick. <laughs> so, but uh, 
I, my mom is a business owner. She's been a business owner for the majority of my life. And I see how much she works, you know, and her business is pretty successful, but she's working 24 seven, you know? And I always envisioned that if I had my own business, that was going to be me too. You know, we're on mm -hmm. vacation, we're working, we're on birthday, you know, Christmas, whatever, we're still working. Like you could get a text or a call or whatever, mm -hmm. and they're still technically in work mode. Um, so I thought, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be constantly working. And I also felt like the liability and the, you know, the stress of managing people and things like that, like it just wasn't anything that I was, that I was, you know, willing to do. And I also like was terrified of it because I just don't, didn't know anything about business. Like, mm -hmm. how do you run a business? How do you right. register a business? How do you, you know, like, what are your responsibilities as a business owner? You know, so at first I, I didn't want to do that, but then there's there was no options around here for me to work as a canine rehabilitation therapist unless I opened my business because there's there's there was only at the time there was only like one place that had this a specialty clinic that has rehab and they have a, a vet CCRT and the techs that do the therapy so they weren't gonna hire a PT not for what a PT should be making, you know, at least not that they even mm -hmm. had an opening, but they weren't going to do that. And there was no other option, you know? So, yeah. and near me where I live, cause I do service the Orlando area, but I live in South end of Kissimmee. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, there's literally nothing around me, which is partly why I rushed to do things so fast because I, at the time I had Gerard, who was almost 20 years old. And I was like, well, if I <laughs> want him to do rehab, I'm going to have to do it myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So there was nowhere around here to take him. So ultimately it just, it, it pretty much became the default that if I wanted to do this at all, I had to do it myself because there yeah. was, there's nobody else I could work for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's such a common situation for a lot of us in the field, you know, um, you know, yes, I, I was able to find a position at a, at a rehab clinic, like, you know, but, but also it wasn't something where I foresaw myself in a position for a long time either. And, and, and the only solution to me was going out on my own, you know, and, and just like you, it's like, I had no idea about any of this business kind of stuff. And then suddenly just trying to navigate, just trying to figure it out, you know, all the little things from the beginning, just like I said, like, how do I even open a business? What do I need to open a business? And then to what you said, it's like, okay, where do we go? How do we get patients? How do we set this up? Yeah. How, how do we hire? How do we do this? How do we do that? So there's definitely a lot of the, you know, the unknown kind of stuff to, to, to figure it out. And, you know, now you have been a business owner for a few years. What, what would you say have been, you know, some of the, the biggest challenges you have had to overcome with it? I would say the biggest, the biggest challenge is a very personal challenge. Like I, um, you know, I'm in a group with you and with several other PTs that have been learning about business and about marketing and all of this. And we learn so much and I see how so many have come so far, you know, including myself, because even though I'm not where I want to be, I've come a, a you know a long ways from where I was, mm -hmm. but my own my own biggest challenge is that I didn't know um, I had ADHD, 
which I was just diagnosed as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I was this whole time, like for many years, I was figuring, trying to figure out like, how is it that I'm learning the same thing that these other therapists are do are learning and they are obviously able to apply and obviously able to grow. And here I am at the same spot. Like, what is it about me that doesn't allow me to put into practice what I'm learning? So it wasn't that I didn't have the information. Yeah. It's just that I couldn't apply it. And for some reason, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't apply it. So over the last few months, I feel like things have become a little bit more clear. And I'm like, you know, I'm not I'm not where I want to be, but I'm definitely figuring out solutions to some of those things like so my my biggest my biggest challenge has been myself you know not only the fear of growth and fear like i was i was telling um my husband a couple months ago it's like it's 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 like a weird sensation because it's like you're afraid of success because with success comes more responsibility more expenses more liability you know more of everything you know more good stuff too but more Mm -hmm. of the hard stuff as well But also I'm afraid of the failure, you know, like what if it doesn't work? What if I lose everything that I've worked so hard for? So it's kind of, I've been stuck in that in between, you know, in addition to my own executive function challenges that I'm just now figuring out are there. And it's Mm -hmm. not just that I'm, you know, lazy or, you know, whatever the world, the word may be. So that, that has been personally, that has been my biggest challenge. You know, there's, there's still the, the lack of knowledge from people like a lot of people still don't know this is an option for their dogs right um so there you know there's a a education gap that i'm hoping you know together we can all bridge and start teaching people that your old arthritic dog that's having a hard time moving doesn't have to live that way right there are things that we can do besides giving them carprofen and gabapentin you know and just you know, let them sit there. Like when a CCL tear happens, you don't have to put the dog eight weeks in a crate, you know, watch them slowly deteriorate. Like Mm -hmm. there are people out here that are trained to teach you what is safe and what isn't safe for your dog to guide you, you know, things like that. Like the, the lack of knowledge from the general public, the lack of knowledge, even from vets, like I have, I can't tell you how many times, you know, my my clients have asked, well, why didn't my vet recommend this if it's so helpful? You know, like I see my dog improving. Why didn't my vet recommend this? There's there's a lot of factors there. You know, there are vets that just don't know mm-hmm. that we're out here. There are vets that don't believe in physical therapy. There are vets that are, just don't have experience because they didn't learn about it. And then they, you know, it's hard to recommend something that you don't know. Um, there are vets that perhaps see it as a as a competition like well you know i have a laser so why would i recommend somebody to do therapy and laser when i can do that you know so there's a variety of possibilities there um but those those obstacles or those challenges i feel like they're not as difficult to bridge you know you can always you know i i called vets i've stopped at vets clinics you know and just try to chat with them. I've educated clients. I've done workshops to educate the public, you know, things like that. So those challenges are there, but they're not that hard to, to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, and, 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 and that we see everywhere, right? You see those challenges with 
like the community and stuff in Orlando, I see here in Chicago, other people that we know see everywhere. It has definitely improved a lot, you know, over the last five years, oh, yeah. but it's still, it's, it's an uphill. I just had literally um, a new patient I saw last week that <clears throat> she found about us on, on her own searching online. And she was asking me during the evaluation, she was like, how come my vet didn't mention that this was a thing. And you know, and I explained to her, that's like, we're doing our best and it's really getting better, you know, and, and we'll definitely mm -hmm. reach out to your vet now and try to have that conversation. <laughs> but it's just, Sorry. no problem. It's just, like you said, it's just sometimes a lack of understanding, a lack of uh, uh, just also lack of time on their own end too. They're just so busy, yeah. you know, dealing with so much and stuff as well. They some, sometimes it, it, it's not on top of their mind. So Definitely. And, and I appreciate you sharing, Adriana, your own personal challenges into this journey because definitely never took you, you know, and I've known you now for going into six, seven years, never took you for being lazy at all. Like you're very like hard worker and strong minded into getting, you know, stuff done. And I, and I feel, you know, I appreciate you sharing that, especially because I'm sure other people probably encounter that too. And sometimes, I feel, you know, and, and, and I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes when we, when we work, you know, as a member of a team and we have, you know, some sort of, uh, uh, you know, like you have a ADHD or, or some of their like learning uh, challenge or something like that, because we are part of a team, it almost gets masked to a certain extent, but once it's you, once, exactly once the everything in the business, you know, on the phase that you 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 were at, re, re, uh, revolves around you figuring things out. Then it just it just brings that stuff, you know, to the surface. Which, of course, then for us to succeed as a business owner, we gotta work through those issues, whatever issue it may be. Right? It can be that yeah. it can be issues that I had dealt with in terms of confidence, in terms of uh, um, self-worth, in terms of, you know, willingness to put ourselves out there. You know, there's so many challenges that we have to overcome, which is going to be very different to kind of like each, each one of us. So I appreciate you for openly sharing that. Yeah, no problem. I figured there's a lot of people out there that probably are wondering why they're you know, different or why they're not able mm -hmm. to do a certain thing. And sometimes it's, you just don't know that you're dealing with this, you know? Yeah. Like, and how did I go 37 years of my life without, without knowing, knowing that, that I had ADHD, you know? So, and I know, I know other sense. people. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Now it makes uh, sense. It just makes sense that everything just kind of like, oh, well, now I, everything in my life is kind of like just became clear because yeah. Now I'm like, oh, that's why I do this and this. That's why I do that. You know, that's why I'm like, I'm the best employee you could ever have. But somehow I can't be my own best employee, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. when it all depends on me. That's a good way of putting it. Because I know, like, oh, man, I know at least a handful of people that have been diagnosed with something like that in their 30s. And it's suddenly like, like I said, it's suddenly it's a, it's a, it's a challenge, of course, but it becomes a little bit of a light bulb moment that is like, oh, it makes sense now, yeah. You know, on 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 why I do things in a certain way on this and that kind of stuff. But you know, one one thing that you mentioned too that is very important, and I always try to remind people of it is that 
you know, we we're each running our own race when it comes to that too, you know, and it, it, it can be very hard for us to not compare ourselves to other peers, to other colleagues in terms of like, why is everyone learning all the same stuff that I am and I'm not picking up on it or I'm not being able to implement on it and stuff. And that's what I try to tell people is like, look, we're, we're, we're each dealing with different things. We're each have a different uh, challenges that we try to overcome we're each trying to build a different type of business and kind of like what we want you know out of it too so i think it's also important to keep that in mind but yeah we uh, have different goals and we're mm -hmm. serving different demographics different areas of the country we mm -hmm. have different focuses as well but overall you know we're seeing that because we're a very tight-knit group in our in our um in our canine pack you know the mm -hmm, the group they, that um, we work with you we're all we're a very tight-knit group and we share a lot of you know a lot of the positives a lot of the mm -hmm. negatives we share a lot of personal stuff and so i'm seeing like okay they have the same information i do and they're obviously applying it and it's working so why is it that i can't apply it because it's not that i don't know it i know i have it right there i have it mm -hmm. all on my computer you know and i have it all in notes and everything and, but then it's hard to just actually apply it and so that that sent me down a, a like a quest like okay there's got to be something that what can i do to make this work you know and then mm -hmm. i landed on on this and and it just now i've been pretty much focusing on myself which sounds kind of selfish but like it's like i have to deal with this internally and then try to gradually implement the changes and it's been it's been a journey, but it's been very helpful because now I'm finally starting to feel like I have a little bit of, of um, like a handle on things, you know, like, okay, mm -hmm. today was actually a day when I got everything I wanted to get done, you know, mm -hmm. not everything in total, but everything that I set to do today, it's yeah. there, you know, so, yeah. so it works out, you know, ultimately it's, it's a, it's a work in progress that I don't think it's ever going to end, but it's becoming an easier road yeah it's it's it, it definitely never ends anytime we talk about working on ourselves and you know and and since our business is ourselves we always have to be working on that it's there's always something but glad to hear that you know you're you're making those strides and stuff and i and i can see you know you making those strides um you know, and, and, and along with that, one of the things that I always tell people too is like, it's, it's about the business serving us, right? It's about, you know, one of, one of your fears of being a business owner, as you shared, was how you saw how sometimes that would affect your mom and, and how many hours she had to work and things she had to deal with and stuff. But it doesn't have to be that way, right? And, and yeah. is there anything that, you know, the business has allowed you to accomplish in life that you feel like if it wasn't for the business, maybe you wouldn't be in a particular position to, to, to get to the point. Do you know what I mean? I think if I, if it wasn't for the business, I probably would have, would be like, I don't know, working for Disney or something right now. Cause I was getting so burned out so, with yeah. work. Um, yeah. I was not, you know, it wasn't helping my mental state. It wasn't helping anything because i was i mean now i'm still exhausted from you know my own thing but i'm enjoying what i'm doing even though right. i don't enjoy every aspect of it i still end the day like 
you know, I worked and I worked for my own benefit and for my mm-hmm. own growth and for the benefit of my family versus before I just felt like a hamster on a wheel making everybody else rich while I was, you know, my body is like was being worn down and mentally, physically, I was just getting so burnt out. I, I feel like the biggest benefit for me is, is been my, my own mental health, my own personal growth. Um, that if it wasn't for the business, for starting my own business, I probably would be doing something that wasn't really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, either I would, I would still be, you know, grinding at the at the hospital, um, not necessarily happy, but just because it was good money and yeah. you know secure benefits, or I'd be doing something that's totally not my passion, totally not my calling. Like I don't know working for Disney or working at a, I don't know, somewhere else, like at right. a store or a restaurant or something, just to something where I could pay the bills, but it wasn't what I was meant to be, yeah. what I was meant to do. Um, so I think that's been the greatest thing that the, bene- the the business has allowed me to do is combine my two, for one, the physical therapy aspect of things that I had already invested so much time, money, effort, tears, sweat, everything into you know, and two, my passion for animals, because I've always loved animals since I was a child. Um, so I didn't throw away my education, you know, mm-hmm. and I was still able to build on that while doing something that absolutely fills me with joy. You know, I love I love seeing the dogs. I love, you know, I actually do love working with humans as long as they're not my patients. You know, like, yeah, that's a big difference there. Yeah. <laughs> now that they're, you know, they're <clears throat> for the dog is a whole different aspect of things, you know. So I think that's been the biggest the biggest thing is like I've I've managed to not throw away my education, continue to do something that, you know, supports my lifestyle and I love, you know, without sacrificing my my body and my mind. Awesome. I mean, you basically said it all over there. I mean, that that's you know, I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you. One of the last questions is gonna be any pearls of wisdoms to share, but you just shared it all <laughs> over there <laughs> on that on how it, 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 you know, you you find your, your way to 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 basically yeah, take care of yourself, you know, and it's a work in progress. But but it it is disheartening sometimes, and I'm sure you you see this with colleagues in the healthcare field. I see this. I know veterinarians going through this as well, that you just get to the point where you're just so burnt out from like what you do, being physical therapy, being veterinarian, that you have all that knowledge, you have all that skill set, and you rather just go and work at Disney or work at a coffee shop or work it yeah. in retail because you just you you just like you just cannot take it anymore. Yeah. You know, like, like I, I have a not not a classmate, but he graduated a year before me from PT school. And it wasn't even like a couple of years into, into working that he quit PT altogether and started working at, at a car dealership. And I'm not saying that's not, you know, legit work or, you know, fulfilling mm-hmm. work, but you just threw away all the, all that money, all that effort, like how difficult it is to get through PT school, you know, your education just because you know it's it's you know the system is making you hate it you know mm-hmm. and it's yeah. it's burning you out so i i didn't i felt like i was getting to the point where i was about to do that and like literally my cousin's wife is a waitress at disney 
and she was making the same the same I was making as a as a PT. And she had a lot of flexibility with her schedule. She has a lot of benefits. I mean, her healthcare benefits were better than mine. Yeah. You know. So I was like, why why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, I could right. I could just be a waitress at Disney and make just as much money, have better benefits, have more flexibility with my schedule, you know, yeah. than than I do here and not be hating every day of of you know coming into work because i'm i'm asked to do things that are technically unethical you know like when you're yeah. having to see four people at the same time and and they still nail you down for not billing what you're supposed to i i cannot ethically bill what you're asking me to bill when i have four people on my schedule at the same time yeah you know yeah. and unfortunately you know that was you know back in five, six years ago. And unfortunately it, it hasn't really changed. If anything, it probably it's you gotten know, worse. worse. It's gotten much it's worse. Gotten worse. So, so yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jenna. Really, really appreciate it. Um, before we get going, anything else you want to share uh, about your business? What's next? We're going to put on the show notes, the, the link to unleashed rehab, but feel free to plug anything in that you wish to plug in right now. Well, um, I I don't think the much is changing right now. I'm still serving the greater Orlando area, but I'm having to focus more on the West Orange County area because uh, my my clientele has been too spread at the moment, which is is great. But I'm having to kind of make some changes in terms of the areas that I serve. Um, but hopefully, in the future, I'm gonna. My goal is to open a clinic in the West Orange County area. So that I can help more dogs. Mm -hmm. There's only so much I can drive in a day, but if right. I if I have a place, then I can help more dogs and I can grow the team. And um, my goal is is to eventually, you know, hopefully before 2023 ends, to have at least uh, uh, a small clinic in somewhere in West Orange County. So yeah. that we're gonna be the I don't know when you're putting this up, but February 11th we're gonna be at Paws at the Park, which is the largest dog event in 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 florida it's my understanding it's gonna be at lake eola on february 11th and then i don't remember the exact date but it's two saturdays later we're gonna be at the windermere pet fest um which i think both events are from like 10 to 4 or something awesome. like that but i hope that people can come by and meet us and you know hopefully by then i will have um made some steps towards hiring some admin help which i'm in desperate need of <laughs> awesome no it's been amazing to uh uh see you from the very beginning along this journey and see kind of like you know you pushing through the challenges and and and, and helping you through some of those challenges and, and see where you're at right now and see what can comes next and see you know what what you're making out of this business and you know uh, uh, for your own personal life and stuff too. So I just wanted to say, Jenna, like it's been uh, awesome to see you. I often say to people that you were my first mentee before I even know yeah. I knew I was going to be anyone's mentor, you know, <laughs> because of you reaching out and us just having some conversations kind of stuff. So um, yeah. I appreciate your trust. I, I I appreciate your 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 willingness to, you know, do the things and, and and get this going and i'm just super proud of everything you have accomplished oh thank you i really appreciate everything you've taught me our friendship and you know all these years just putting up with my endless questions 
<laughs> it's all good. All right. Thanks so much, Adriana. Have a good one. All right. You too. Thank you for listening to another episode of the K9 PT Academy podcast, Business Lessons for K9 Rehabilitation Therapist. If you enjoyed what we had to say, please make sure to share or subscribe to our podcast or even leave us a review. You can also email us at hello at k9ptacademy.com. That's hello at k9ptacademy.com with any questions or suggestions. And go to k9ptacademy.com to find more resources and content, including our fee calculator spreadsheet, which is absolutely free and will help you determine how much you should be charging for your sessions. Because let's face it, determining what we should be charging is one of the biggest struggles we have as business owners in the canine rehabilitation field. You can also find all of that information and more under the show notes. Finally, I would just like to add a disclaimer that any of my thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are mine and mine alone, and in no way reflect the opinion or position of any other organization or company I may be associated with. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you're not having fun and enjoying life or running your business, then what's the point in doing so? So please go ahead and start having some fun.